Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. All right, rolling. Okay. Well, you guys, we've made it to podcast number eight, which eight. is, it feels like a like a victory. Eight is great. Um, Thank you for tuning in, all of you, for last week's celebration. We've been celebrating Danny. May is Danny's month, okay? What? His birthday's not till August, but really... May is his oh month because it's his sobriety birthday. So we've been we've been to Vegas this month. Yeah, man. We've been to Wyoming. We're partying. Ate too much food. <laughs> yes. But um It is cool that it's on May 1st. Yeah. And it it's like ushering in the best time of year. So thanks for celebrating with us. We've actually gotten a lot of really positive feedback on the podcast. And I just it it takes a lot to to do it and so we're glad we're we're helping people out and people are liking it so keep the feedback coming because we love to hear from you it, it's it has been fun hearing from people that they've enjoyed it so because we never know if this is helping or not or maybe people are just laughing at us but we i think we're we're starting to have somewhat of a good time doing it so yeah it's great it's less nerve-wracking but before we get started cuz the last few times have been a little bit heavy Danny doesn't like heaviness guys no i do just so you know i he do but it's like if it. we go to church or do something then you have to offset it with being a little bit he goes irresponsible. to church for 2 yeah. hours and then he has to party for 12 hours <laughs> no just maybe kidding. no it's getting more balanced it maybe is. It 2 is. and 2 yeah but before we get started i i told my wife i had to share something and she doesn't know what it is and it's this going is fun. I know my mom is probably listening, so and it will my be, mom. So I know it yeah. will be appropriate, but there are two reasons, or not two. There's many, but two examples I want to share of why I am so lucky. Okay, don't don't even say anything. It's my gold tooth, guys. Oh my gosh, she does have a gold. <laughs> when we went to Vegas with our <laughs> friends, he's a dentist, and her and he's so jealous his wife got these little gold stars glued onto their tooth um but there's two examples and it's funny because at the gym this morning i was sharing this with a guy on the treadmill he had recently completed a divorce and it was his second divorce and so i said um you know my wife has it figured out now does she have her challenges and there are times where i feel like we're from different planets 100 percent, 1000 percent there's two things that she has figured out and or two examples I shared with him. One of, one of which was last year, my wife was in the laundry room and she was on the phone with somebody and there was a conversation and I'm just going to sum this up real quickly to, for sake of everyone's time. She shared this secret with this other woman, I think, and I don't know if you call it a secret, but she gave her this advice and I'm listening through the wall around the corner and I'm not going to, I'm not going to restate it perfectly. I'm going to give it to you in my, my version, but it was, you know, men, they're not necessarily dumb, but they're the easiest, most simple breed. And then she continued to tell this person, you know, all they need are their balls empty, their belly full. And then if you want the icing on the cake, you know, an occasional tap them on the shoulder and add a boy, you're the man on their way out the door. <laughs> It's no joke. And I'm sitting there on the other side of the wall going kind of offended, like, what? We're not dumb. We're not simple. And then I thought about what she said. And I was like, okay, balls empty. You're like, wait, belly, she's right. Belly full. Mm-hmm. And an occasional, you're the man. And I thought, you know what? 
That's right. That's all I need. So if Biscuits that makes it gravy. simple. No, but I'm telling you, she's she's nailed that. And it has kept me in check. And I I think all the men out there will agree that that's, that's pretty much what we need. So the second one um, I shared with him, and I don't know, maybe I was flexing on the stair climber today. And it feels like you were. I was. I was like, my wife's like got it. it. And I told him about something that we came up with last year. And so I did have a little bit of credit in this, but it was mainly her. And it was called the trifecta. And he's like, wow, what's oh, yeah, that? Yeah, and yeah. I said, I said, this is, this is a key component. Like if you want to level up your relationship, like if you want to take it to the next level, I was like the trifecta. And he's like, wow, tell me about it. And I said, okay, the trifecta is, you know, here's the ultimate goal. It's, it's doing it before midday. So sometime before midday is accomplishing the trifecta, which is Sex, gym, and the temple. You guys, seriously, though. All together. Now, you can't go now, obviously. I know. But when they open again, if you do that, it's life-changing. Okay, well, and listen, <laughs> it doesn't even matter what you believe in or where you go. It, it's adding in those three elements, right? There's a spiritual element, like the ultimate, right? You go to your synagogue, you go to your temple, you, somewhere. Some way to fill, like to fill your spiritual bucket. And also your physical. And then for most of us at the gym, let's get real at this age, it's more of a mental thing. So all three of those, if you can accomplish those by midday, it's all good. Wow. It's all good. Wow, you guys. Anyway. Thanks, Dan. So, yeah, those are three things. And uh, <laughs> sorry, two things that she's brought into my life. And, and they have made it a beautiful thing. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Bless you, babe. No, but May, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. 14 years ago when I got clean, I honestly don't know, maybe because back then I was still really dumb, is, well, that, was that a thing always? Has it always been Mental Health Awareness Month? I don't know. Month? I feel like there's been a lot more months that have been added, but maybe it has been. I don't know when it was instituted. I don't know if it was, or maybe we're just, it seems like it's been something that was more instilled in the last couple of years five six years yeah if i'm wrong i'm sorry but it is kind of cool thinking you know may 1st 2007 was is my sobriety date and may is now what most of the world knows as mental health awareness month yeah i i kind of cringe when i hear that why well like yesterday i was watching a basketball game and the nba has this thing it's this banner across the bottom it says May mental health awareness month that the NBA gives back and you can text help to this number. It was like seven, four, two, one, seven, four, two, one to receive 24 hour text support. Oh yeah. Kind of just like an automated. Yeah. Which, and, and so here a for effort. Thank you. Great. Everyone's contributing something. And I actually heard too recently, there was a big group of businesses signing this petition that all of these businesses were now signing this thing that we as a business, recognize mental health awareness month right so they recognize it i'm like woohoo! it's like lighting a sparkler as an adult you light it and it's no longer fun <laughs> because here's the issue where's the where's the action so sure an organization like the nba of course they can offer a tech support because you know maybe they can canvas more people by doing that i get it um reach more people by offering right, something but like it's that. kind of just like not not doing anything. It's just saying. Hey, we've something. said it before on here, but what is the opposite of addiction? You've heard me say it a million times. Connection. The opposite of addiction is connection. Can you connect with a text message? I don't know. You could 
rub your phone on your face, maybe set it to vibrate. I don't know, but what having a connection with a digital message is is difficult. So here is my hope and prayer that in in the future mental health awareness month would be nothing other than a call to action. If you love someone who's struggling with depression, with pornography, with substance abuse, with alcohol, whatever it is, that that would be the month you say, okay, this is the month I'm going to break free of my fear of everything holding me back to, to help them. And, and I'm going to do something different. Or if you're the person struggling, maybe it's doing, accepting help or yeah, or love. maybe reaching out. Yeah. Using that time as an awareness month to actually have an action behind right, it. Right. Right. So I, I just hope that in the next coming years, it turns from mental health awareness month to mental health. Let's do something about this month. Right. That would be, my I, I love that because it, it, and it, a lot of times, like we've talked about this before, Danny's story is inspiring, but n- neither one of us ever wanted to tell the story to inspire. Right. We wanted to tell the story so that we could be a catalyst for somebody to do something different. Yeah. And, and to be able to, to show them how to do that, not just to be like a warm and fuzzy feeling of, of inspiration. Right. So it's kind of like the same thing. No. And for real, I have going to go into this, but in this last two weeks, right. What are we two weeks into the month? Yeah, We're like halfway through in the last two weeks. I, I, I just want to share maybe the five or six summarize five or six experiences I've had with other people. And is this only because it's May that you're hearing these stories or is this? No, it's all the time. But if we're talking about being aware in the month of May, here's some stories that might help you to be more aware if you're not already. And these are people who live around me, who I, I see, I interact with and the pain and the struggle is real. It is all around us. People are struggling with all sorts of mental health related issues, significantly more than anything else. Significantly more than anything else. The media is trying to keep us occupied by thinking and seeing while meanwhile, there's this storm brewing behind the scenes. Um, Someone I know very well who has supported their loved one through addiction, who actually did something. We, yep. Together, we accomplished the mighty hurdle. We got their loved one help. Um, they received treatment. They did a continued plan afterwards, a long and rigorous plan of going to meetings. And they did everything that was asked. Yeah. They have been clean and sober for nine months. They now have a lot of their life put back together. They are mending things. Now, this person has decided it it would be best for them to get a divorce. Not him, but his spouse who he supported for the last year, financially, emotionally, mentally. It's just a... And I'm not here. I never know. I know there's two sides. I don't know every detail, but now the answer, we're to a point where it is, let's have a divorce. That's a real, that's a real tough one. I, I My heart breaks for someone who has gone through that much and now who the person they loved and supported through such a difficult time is right. It's a kick in the teeth. The answer is let's get divorced. And so to feel that person's pain and the mental struggle that now they are having, and obviously their spouse is having is real. It's 
working with a family for a long time and getting their loved one into treatment. Um, just this last week, I was able to help them transition from the treatment center to their sober living where they would continue aftercare and getting a job and transitioning. A few days into this transition, I discovered that they want to quit. They can't find the reason to live. They can't find the reason to want something different. So they decide that alcohol is more of a blessing in their life or more that would be of a better benefit, right? They want alcohol in their life. Then they want family back and a chance to have their life become what they would ultimately dream that it would. And so what was really hard for me was to see the mental health struggle here with a person who now they're not intoxicated. Yeah. No, they're not an active addi addiction anymore. They've this been is, clean for a yeah. month and a half and they're actually starting to process thoughts clearly. So they make a, a cognitive is that the right yeah. word? choice and decision to say, wow. And, and granted, this is after a family, a large family has come together miraculously. I mean, we've had multiple conversations. Multiple yeah, it, it took a lot to get everybody on Zoom the calls, page. conference calls, a mighty effort. And the loved one, I remember sharing a meal with this loved one right when they got out and feeling their heart overfilled with joy and, and, and watching the emotion on their face because their family still was there supporting them yeah. and wanted to help them. They didn't deserve it. They felt shame. They felt they didn't deserve that love. But the family wanted to love them. And a few days later, this person decides, well, I give up. I can't. It's too hard. And looking me in the face, knowing, and I said, you know that you will die from this. You know that mm -hmm. this behavior, your type of drinking is going to kill you. And he said, yeah, I know. And I'm okay with that. Someone else I'd worked with for a very long time who's been clean about a year again. I think I'm, I think I'm probably going to be best ending my marriage of however many years having this many kids together, having got to a point with this individual. And again, I've very close with their family, very close with this person that now they've decided this is what's going to be best for them. Right. Another young man who has actually had two failed attempts at treatment, but he is currently in treatment for the third time fighting for his life. I actually picked him up. Well, at a hotel room down by the freeway. I drove his car. He got tra transported to a treatment center and I drove his car over. And the fact that he got out of that hotel room alive is a miracle. Yeah, um, I agree. My most recent conversation with him is it's not worth it anymore. I don't care to live. So suicide or whatever means necessary to end life is now the choice because the obstacles in front of him are too big. Now, all of these examples, right? I'm at, from a clinical standpoint, there's many different answers and responses that people could have. All I'm sharing is the struggle. Yeah. I mean, and it, it it's heavy, heavy, it is unbearable and all different levels of every person, right? But it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Every person's pain is different and it doesn't matter what you feel or how you justify their, their pain. Right. But people are giving up. Okay. So I know everyone out there is worried about different illnesses that are floating around political turmoil, which we should, all of those things are, are valid concerns. But I'm telling you right now, I'm here to scream from the rooftops. I wish I had a megaphone that was 
the biggest one on earth and I could just scream. The real, the real struggle is all around us. It's your neighbor. It's, it's probably someone in, in your home. It's, it, it could be your best friend and you don't know it, that people's mental health is so heavy and it's, it's so heavy right now that people are giving up everywhere. Yep. Whether they're giving up on their own life, I don't want to live anymore. I choose death or I can't do this anymore. I'm going to leave and get a divorce. And I'm not, we're not here to say whether you should or shouldn't with your marriage. What we're here to say is people are giving up in large numbers. Yeah. It, it just gets really, I know watching Danny, um, commit all of this time and energy to these people and trying to help them escalate, like make progress, you know, change their lives. It gets overwhelming to, to continue to hear very different circumstances and with the same, same answer, which is yeah. like, I just can't do it. I, I can't find it in me to keep going or to, to commit to, doing certain things in order to maintain my sobriety or in order to heal my relationships. I just, I can't, it's too hard. Well, and I came home the other day to be fully transparent and collapsed, right? Li like I was I, literally I actually, physically collapsed. I collapsed. I was, I was crying. I, I was shaking. I actually was wondering if I was having a heart attack and it was because the pressure that I was feeling from all these people because it kind of, it, it's always there, but this was a, a, abundant. Yeah. Right? It, it, was it was a lot and it was every a person, lot at once. a lot at once. And it was all really heavy. It was all, I'm giving up on a marriage of 15 years. I'm giving up on a marriage of 12 years. I've decided I'd rather drink and die from this, or I'd rather just kill myself. Yeah. Then doing what's difficult. And let me just tell you, all of them are different stories and circumstances, but here is the common theme in every one of them. And I'm just sharing a handful. There's, there's more. All of these people are looking for someone or something to feel. Sorry, I said it wrong again. No, you feel. Didn't. I get these words mixed oh. up, like feel and fill. Steal and still. Oh, here, he okay, sidetrack, just to catch your attention again. It took me what was it? 38 years of life to realize I had said the same word wrong for 38 years until my wife called me out. I was like, Hey, could you hear when I, could you hear back then when I snook up on you? And she's like, what? How do you spell snook? I said, yeah, when you snook up on you. And I was like, I don't know, S N U K or something. She's like, that's not a word. I was like, yes, I snook up on you. And she said, it's not a word. I still, it sounds right. It's, but it's, it's not, I'm sorry. Okay. Snuck. Well, <laughs> All of these people are trying to fill a void. Yeah. Okay. Now they may not be using right now. They may not be actively They're engaged in pornography. Life. Still, they might not be actively engaged in drinking or using drugs or starving themselves or whatever it is that they're doing, but they still have a void inside that right. they're trying to fill. Yeah. Expecting someone else, right? This is the right. difficult part. Everyone that's recovering from something, what they have been taught, what their brain has taught them are two things. One, to blame it on others, to blame something or some something that's happened or someone else is why they're doing this. It's justifying the means. Or it, the way they feel inside is so uncomfortable. This is this is a better alternative. Yeah, I just, I got to get out of it. Like okay. I got to escape. So they're no longer doing these things. They took away their only comfort. 
and they're still they still have that void, right? Right. It's a process. And so they keep trying to find things to fill it. And there are things that help, right? Sure. The exercise, spirituality, yep. meditation, all healthy, mindfulness, all things that will help contribute to filling that void. But right. ultimately that comes from within. Right. Well, it, it's it's the quote, and I, I can't remember, I think I've read it twice, but it's the, you oh, will yeah. never get enough of what you don't need because what you don't need will never satisfy you. Boom. But so that, think, th- think yeah. about it. You will never get enough of what you don't need because what you don't need will never satisfy you. I mean, I can I, I can think of like, three things in my life that that are totally that for me that I'm they're they're not they're not hurting me they're not you know it's not causing harm but they're not doing good either and we all do it but in 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 this case it's a crisis I mean it it will change multiple people's lives if this one person can't understand that concept here's the difference right there there's a lot of healthy people without mental health struggles who are trying to find things to satisfy them. Sure. And it's kind of a cat cat and mouse, you know, for most of their life. And maybe all it does is this continually distract them and and it doesn't have the negative effect. But like you're saying, we're talking about people. I'm saying this is a game. This is life or death in a lot of ways, or, or just a completely different destination at the end of your life. Yep. I think about Danny and I just think, well, what if when he had become sober and got his first job and, you know, he was making like, eight to 10 bucks an hour. It was humiliating. He was, he had already run his own company. He had already bought his own home. He had already, you know, achieved these certain life things. He had graduated from college and now to, to revert that far back. What if he just said, you know what? F this. Um, I, this is not worth it. Yeah, I'm not going to do this. And, and of course, and even after we got married, there were times where it was like, Whoa, this might be asking too much. Like, I don't know if I can, if I can get over this hurdle, but w- what we've talked about, like for me and just things in my life, like after my divorce or after I had my, my baby and placed him for adoption, like there were definitely points that I had to make a conscious decision to continue on. I had to choose to live. I had to choose to move forward. And I had to take personal responsibility for my circumstance and doing that created peace and freedom for me. I I wasn't, I didn't tell myself a story like this happened to me. So I have to, now this is it. Yeah. Well, I think it goes to show though that, that, that the mental health struggle is real. It is. And it's also reminding people of this simple fact, your loved one may be on this path and they're having a lot of setbacks and struggles, but it's, you can't say just knock it off. No, it, it, it's you going can't. to require a, a real unified structure to support them, and and that's the last thing I really wanted to share. And today. that structure is the most critical part of it. Yeah, so, I mean, something beautiful happened this week, and I, after on a day where I was really discouraged, um, when that young man I shared who had had so much progress and overcome the impossible, and his family's united, decided that was it, and I mean. I'm not going to get into the whole story because there's other details, but there wasn't a lot of significant things that led to that moment of giving up, right? No. Mm-mm. I felt really discouraged. I almost felt partially responsible. I don't know 
I don't know how to describe it. I was so disappointed. So I can't really even imagine what the family felt. But I just want to share something that was really powerful, right? And it's it's a simple thing. But to have the father of this family, to have the father of this family very humbly say, hey, you know, after I told them where we were, like, hey, they left. They've given up. They're moving on. They're not doing anything that we've asked or any part of this plan we put together. They, they've, they've decided they're good. Is to hear this father express his gratitude, right? And I'm not patting myself on the back. It was just he recognized and he said, I just want to thank you. For the first time in so many years, me and all my other children, all of his siblings, we were all together. We were unified. We were on the same page. And I can now say we did everything we were supposed to do. Everything that we could have done to help him. I mean, and I just sat there and I've, I've heard bits and pieces of this for a long time, for many years, but the way he, the way he described it was so powerful and so simple, but he just said, we thought, we all thought we were doing what, what we could and everything we could. And so as the conversation continued with the rest of the family, you know, even one of the other siblings was like, yeah, all of us did. We were exhausting ourselves for years, like paying this bill or digging them out of this or buying him an Uber ride or giving him a place to stay. They were exhausting themselves trying, but everyone had a different agenda and different plan. And she said, for the first time, we were all in agreement. And for the first time, we, were, we all felt unified in what we were doing to help him, yeah. that we were together, Yeah. right? So that, that, was, that was a powerful experience because, you know, we offer some digital courses and I do a lot of one-on-one mentoring, consulting work, helping people to get to that point. Yeah. There's nothing that we claim to have special insider remedies or secrets, but that's one guarantee is that by doing these things that we've outlined in these courses and I try to help families understand is actually getting to the point where they know that for the very first time they did everything they could. Yeah. It's an interesting thought, right? Like, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I did everything I could. We tried everything possible. But did you really? Because right. once they start breaking it down and start realizing, well, every person in the family had a different opinion on how to approach it. Right. Not once did the family unify, for example, if their loved one was diagnosed with cancer. If I came and said, hey, Johnny has stage four, whatever type of cancer, the family would be instantly unified. Right. No personal opinions, no disagreements. No different stances or viewpoints on what to do or who's doing what. They wouldn't be arguing about someone enabling them or letting them sleep. They would all be on the same page, humbled, determined, prayerful, and united yeah. to save their life. Yeah. And I I, I love that um, thought because I do think that like a lot of times with mental health, we typically as humans go towards prayer, faith hope yeah. which is a which is such a beautiful thing and is needed but it is not the only it cannot be the only source of action because like cancer you're not going to say well you have cancer let's just let's let's have a family prayer about this every night you know we're going to do this and no you're going to pray for the strength to do what's required right it, it, that is exactly right yeah. And so I, I think that that is such a, that's such a key because 
I can't, I've lost count. Danny was on another show this week where, you know, somebody just kept asking the same thing. Well, I've tried everything. I, I, I don't help me. I don't know what to do. And, and it always goes back to, to that. No, it does. And so one very important aspect is reaching out and hiring someone. Someone who is very experienced in this field to help you identify if you have done everything. Right. Because most of the time when it comes to addiction, it's a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. The that's efforts from the family to help are crazy because everyone's different. There's the enabler. Yep. There's the person who is completely shut down and will not do anything to help. There's the other person who blames it on circumstances that happened to them when they were younger. There's the other person who felt bad because they weren't there for them. And so they're just, you know, trying to give them anything to make themselves feel better. It is so discombobulated, the effort to help. So here is the only guarantee. Because I'll tell you, sadly enough, the odds are not in your favor when it comes to addictions, when it comes to mental health. Statistically speaking, right? If you're like, hey, I'm an odds maker and I'm going to bet on the odds or whatever. The odds are against you. It's like that. Watch that show. The, um, Oh, may the odds ever be yes. in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, unfortunately, the odds are not in your favor when it comes to addiction. And I'll tell you, one of the main reasons is everyone's so unorganized in their efforts to help. Now, it feels like you are. We're running around, you're paying bills, you're letting them stay at your house. Because you all have the same goal. It's disrupting you. You're spending all this time and energy. You're constantly there. You all have the same goal, but everyone goes about it differently. So our guarantee is that by doing some of the things that we've outlined, and this has just been proven over and over and again, because what happened in my life, again, my addiction of many years came to an abrupt halt in a matter of months when my family figured out how to be unified in their efforts to help. The walls, yep. came, the walls yep. closed in. Yep. So I just want everyone out there to know Mental Health Awareness Month, great. It's a call to action. If you're praying, if you are hoping on something to happen, maybe pray for the courage to do something. Can I Can I just, before you move yeah. on, there's a quote by um, Elder Uchtdorf, Dieter Uchtdorf, oh, yeah. that I love that about this. And he says, when our wagon gets stuck in the mud, God is much more likely to assist the man who gets out to push mm. than the man who merely raises his voice in prayer, no matter how eloquent the oration. Mm. And I just think it's so powerful in this specific topic because we all, of course, we're going to pray for our loved ones. Of course, that is, and it's, it's the most beautiful gift and it, it shows our true humanity and, and humility but that cannot be the only leg we stand on because I know God expects us to also do the things. Yeah. Do all you can do. And if you don't know what that is, like Danny said, you hire a professional. Someone to help you see where you're being, where you're failing, right? To see, right. To see where you're being ineffective at. Because it's going to require a lot. For some people, it might require medical assistance, like medication, right. yeah. combined with clinical support from an ongoing therapist, group therapy, maybe different physical activities that help. It's going to require work and effort. So 
here we are in this month where we're trying to be aware of people's mental struggles. I just want to be someone screaming from the rooftops that these struggles are real. They're everywhere. People are giving up on marriages. People are giving up on themselves. People are giving up on hope to live. And a lot of this, not all of it, but a lot of it can be changed if we stand together understanding mom, dad, all brothers and sisters, whoever it is that's left that loves this person, we are together we are unified and we understand what the things are that can help them change and we're willing to do it. Yes. And for those that are in that that space of I, I'm recovering, I'm trying, and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I don't know if this is worth it, it's worth it. Oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. And it's I mean, worth it. Yep. It's worth it. And it will be the most difficult journey you will take in this life. And it will be the only one that matters. The it's, only one. It's worth it. And eventually you'll help someone else find their way out. So we're grateful you guys tuned in today. Um, hopefully there was something there inspiring. You know, if there's anything you if there's anything else you guys want us to share, something we're missing that would be beneficial to you, please go to our page. Let us know. We'd be willing to work on it with you and to share anything that we've been through that might help. So Hope everyone has a good week. Go take action. <laughs>